Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, January 3rd, and this is your FT News Briefing. U.S. regulators put restrictions on e-cigarettes as they try to crack down on teen vaping. Bernie Sanders leads Democrats in the latest quarter of fundraising, and a new plastic waste tax could be coming to EU countries. Plus, the FT's David Shepard highlights what investors will be looking out for in the oil industry in 2020. And this is news that's unfolding as we're recording today's episode. The Pentagon says the U.S. killed General Qasim Soleimani, who was the head of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard's overseas forces, in an American airstrike at Baghdad airport. The strike comes just days after the U.S. embassy was attacked by Iran-backed militia. You can find more updates at FT.com. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Vaping will be a little less flavorful this year. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration laid out a policy on Thursday that puts restrictions on cartridge-based flavors for e-cigarettes. Flavors, they say, that appeal to kids, which include fruit and mint. Companies have 30 days to stop making, distributing, and selling these flavors. The restriction stops just short of an outright ban, with tobacco and menthol flavors still allowed. While cartridges will be scaled back, tank-based systems, which allow users to mix their own nicotine liquids, will stay on the market. But some health campaigners say the restrictions don't go far enough. The measures are less far-reaching than the ones the Trump administration flagged in September. Vaping has been blamed for causing an outbreak of a mysterious lung injury. The U.S. Center for Disease Control says it's affected more than 2,400 patients and killed seven people since it started last summer. Meanwhile, pro-vaping activists are lashing out against the U.S. government for its actions. They're using the hashtag IVapeIVote and have demonstrated at events President Donald Trump has attended. Bernie Sanders is leading the pack when it comes to political fundraising. The 78-year-old Vermont senator raised more money than every other U.S. Democratic presidential candidate in the last three months of 2019. He took in $34.5 million for his campaign. It's the biggest quarterly money haul so far of any of the potential U.S. challengers to President Donald Trump. The $34.5 million put him well ahead of the nearly $25 million brought in by former South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, and the nearly $23 million by former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden. Candidate and Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren has not announced her fundraising totals for the fourth quarter. But Mr. Sanders, who had a heart attack in October, trails Mr. Biden in popularity nationally. That's according to the Real Clear Politics polling average. Mr. Sanders is also second to Mr. Buttigieg in the key state of Iowa. Iowa cast the first ballots in the Democratic primaries that decide who will face President Donald Trump in the 2020 election. And speaking of Mr. Trump, he raised more than all the Democratic candidates, including Mr. Sanders. He raked in $46 million in the fourth quarter for his re-election campaign. And Brussels is pushing once again to create an EU-wide tax on plastic waste, a measure that might just save the bloc's budget. The EU27 is gearing up for tough negotiations over a seven-year budget that starts next year. Officials and diplomats have told the FT that member states are ready to agree to a plastics waste tax. The charge was first proposed in 2018 and would go on non-recycled plastic. 
The proceeds would go directly into the common budget rather than to the government that collected the tax. The tax is expected to raise 42 billion euros over the course of the budget, and it could be the key to plugging a 15 billion euro hole that will be left when the UK leaves the EU. But not everybody is on board. One diplomat told the FT that member states would only accept the idea of the plastics tax at the bitter end of negotiations as a way to get the support of the European Parliament. And here's a story you should know more about. 2019 was an interesting year for the oil market. While there were big events that briefly shook investor confidence, recall the September attack that knocked out more than half of all production in Saudi Arabia, 2019 was an uncommonly calm year for crude oil. Crude started at about $60 a barrel and didn't finish the year far off from that. The market took almost everything thrown at it in its stride. So what does 2020 hold? Oil jumped by more than 3% at the time of this recording after an American airstrike in Baghdad killed Qasim Soleimani. He was the head of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard's overseas forces. I asked the FT's energy editor, David Shepard, what else is in store. He started on the question of U.S. shale. After years of supercharged growth, people are starting to question whether U.S. shale oil is going to continue to grow at the same rate. Basically, since 2014, U.S. shale has met the vast majority of global oil demand growth, leaving the market plentifully supplied. If U.S. shale does start to slow down or even reverse in 2020, then that's going to be the biggest deciding factor, I think, overall for the future of the oil market. Now, the reason it might slow down is that U.S. shale, for all its success and its rapid expansion, hasn't been generating a massive amount of cash for shareholders overall. That means that all the companies in the shale sector are saying, now, look, we're going to make sure that we start getting you some payback now. But that means that they can't invest so heavily in drilling. Less drilling with shale generally means less production. So, David, what would this mean then for OPEC producers? OPEC, which includes countries like Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, Kuwait, as well as others like Venezuela, have been cutting oil supplies since 2016 in alliance with Russia and some other major oil producers in a bid to tighten up the market and support the price in the face of the US shale industry onslaught. That's been relatively successful. Really, in, in 2019, the price has settled into a pretty tight range near that $60 level, making it easier to plan, making it easier to meet, or at least to start to meet some of the, the budgets in major oil producers still relying on crude production. The latest move they've made came at the start of December, which was to agree to extend the cuts and indeed deepen them slightly, codifying the fact that Saudi Arabia has been cutting even further below its target in a bid to raise the crude price. Can we keep that going though throughout 2020 will be the big question. Particularly for Saudi Arabia, people will be asking, will they be willing to keep cutting should prices start to rise that little bit higher, should we see the US shale industry slow down? There's a second question mark for the Saudis, is that they are very much in favor of US President Donald Trump getting re-elected in 2020 because they backed him strongly on foreign policy, particularly when it comes to pressuring Iran. Now, he, on the other hand, has made keeping oil prices relatively low a key part of his re-election pitch. So the Saudis have a bit of a tightrope to walk in 2020. If they see the price going too high, they may want to try and temper it slightly with one eye on politics in the United States. And now, David, what else will you be watching this year? 
the oil industry as a whole, the backdrop to everything they're doing right now is there's this slow chipping away of confidence about what the future of the industry is going to look like because of the environmental push we're seeing primarily in Western countries where climate change is becoming an increasingly grave concern. We're seeing that in terms of ESG investing, where investors are looking much more at the environmental, social and government's risks around their investments. We're seeing that in terms of how oil majors are performing with their share price, with many people being wary of what the long-term future of the industry might look like. If we see a rapid rise in electric vehicles and other things, will we see a peak in oil demand within 15, 20 years? Many serious analysts think that we might well do so. That doesn't mean oil demand is going to collapse. There might still be a place for them. But it moves the oil industry from being one dominated by growth to being a bit more like the tobacco industry, whereby it's seen as a legacy industry that's got no story to tell about what its future might look like. So all the oil and gas majors right now are starting to talk more about what they can do longer term, where they're talking about the investments they can make longer term in electricity production, in renewables, in other parts. Now, they're probably not moving fast enough for many environmentalists, but there's a growing sense in the industry that someone soon may move aggressively into the space because if the story they're telling right now to investors is not catching on, then you really need to start telling a different story and having different pitch to the investors of the future. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Amelia Mahasek. We also had help from Gavin Coleman and Michael Bruning. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.